Hello, welcome to the Arrogant Healthcare Marketing Bastards podcast for the week of September 29, 2014. This is episode 244, and I'm Chris Bevelo. Jeez, I can't even say my own name. <laughs> Chris Bevelo, president of Interval, we're the healthcare marketing firm that puts on the podcast. Joining me today are Jackie Olson, account manager with Interval, and Adam Meyer, principal at Interval. Hello, folks. Happy Friday. TGIF. No doubt. Friday's awesome. And it's beautiful weather here. It's awesome. Yeah. It's so gorgeous awesome. fall weather. Is it? Temperature. Adam, you got to get out of the basement, nice. dude. <laughs> <laughs> the, temp, the temp felt nice this morning when I was taking, uh, taking one of my boys to daycare, but it was still a little cloudy out, a little, felt a little dreary. Are the clouds gone? Is the sun out? Oh, it's not a cloud yeah. in the sky. It's supposed to be 80, Damn. high yeah, 80, 80 all weekend. Yeah. It's Man, crazy. It's, it's awesome. I'll take it. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Okay. Yeah, sure. Totes. We got a we got a bunch of notes. Let's get through the notes and we get to a couple of good things, some good talkers, and if we have time, maybe even a rant at the end. Um so first of all, just got back from the Wisconsin Dells where I spoke with Chris Boyer. We did a two and a half hour workshop on digital marketing. Mm-hmm. And kudos to the folks from Agnesian Healthcare who volunteered, quote-unquote, to be the subject of our digital marketing makeover. So we actually used a tool we're going to talk about here in a little bit to assess their digital marketing efforts and channels and tools and pulled out some some great stuff that they could do to improve on what they're doing. Uh, and so that was really nice of them because it was very helpful for other people. It's, it's always, you know, we we talked for an hour and a half about stuff, and then the last hour is probably the most valuable because we're applying it to an actual hospital situation. Mm-hmm. So great feedback on that. Always a great time in Wisconsin, like we talked about before. So thanks to the folks at Whippermiss for having us out there. Cool. And I guess this will be next week by the time you hear this, but October 8th, I'll be in Albany, New York, talking about content marketing at the Haney's Conference. And then the week after that, we're in San Diego for Shizmid. And we got lots of stuff going on there. We're podcasting live. We'd love to have you join us if you're attending. Mm-hmm. Just let Jackie know. Shoot her an email, Jackie at thinkinterval.com. I think we still have some um, life jackets reserved for people who might want to come on the boat cruise mm-hmm. Monday the 13th? 12th? Correct. 13th. Yep. So uh, you can go to hobnobbing. I don't think we told them this last time. Hobnobbing. <laughs> On the harbor, in the harbor, on the harbor. That's the that's the URL. Hobnobbing on the harbor. <laughs> dot com. If you want the deets, or just email Jackie. Oh What's man, I thought it was hobbits on the harbor. <coughs> I had my Gandalf. I had my Gandalf suit already. And I think you should still go oh, with sorry. that. Sorry, I will. Yeah. <laughs> you should. You my... might be the only one, but <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It's a pretty popular outfit. I'm going to I'm going to stand on the uh walkway to board the ship with my staff. Thou shalt not pass. <laughs> oh, that'd be good. That'd get people on the boat. It would. The boat. The boat, yeah. Boat. The boat, yeah. Okay. Come on our boat. Come on our boat. Uh, don't forget Joe Public 2 embracing the new paradigm is out and for sale. Go to JoePublic2.com where you can read all about it. You can download a free intro chapter. You can check out the reviews. 
Uh, and then you can buy the book. $29 for the hardcover, $19 for an e-version. It's all there. Related to the book, we we're going to talk about last last episode was a special book edition. This is another special edition because at the same time that we released the book, uh, which was a couple weeks ago now or just over a week ago when you're hearing this, we also released a new tool that's a companion to the book, which is an online digital marketing audit. So to check that out, go to intervalaudit.com. It's meant as an, an accompanying piece to the book uh, because the book is more strategic in nature because uh, it has to be when we're talking about digital marketing and content marketing. We didn't want to get into the actual on-the-ground tactics and uh, best practices for leveraging particularly digital marketing channels and tools because those become – it just changes so fast. So we didn't want the book to be out of date in – or, you know, outdated in four months. So instead, we have all of that content in this digital marketing audit, which is quite phenomenal. Uh, Adam, do you want to start by letting people, just giving them an overview of what we've got here? And by the way, before you start, I'm going to say, you do not have to buy the book to use the audit. Uh, right. It's something mm -hmm. that as you're reading the book, we reference in the book. Uh, because there's a natural jumping off point for it, but you can just go right into intervalaudit.com uh, and use it without the book. But obviously, the book's a good companion for it. We'd encourage you to do that. But uh, do you want to give a? You want to start with an overview, Adam? Sure, sure. So to get to it, uh, let's just start off in case you just want to go over there. While if if you happen to be at a computer while you're listening to the podcast and want to flip over there, it's uh, intervalaudit.com. Um. It will take you to our secure site. So it is secure. So if you want to log in and create a profile and do some audits, you certainly can with the peace of mind knowing that it's all encrypted and private. Private. Um, so yes, yes. So we've been, you know, we've, we've got an audit process that we've been using for years and we decided that it would be pretty cool to open up some of that process to people to just use rather than, you know, having to hire us necessarily and have us go through a, a complex process. You can, um, go through part of our process. Uh, it's, obviously, it's not our complete process. Um, uh, there's, there's, we're, we're selectively choosing what we're gonna, what we're gonna make available to uh, for for free use on this website. But we've got a lot of ideas too for features that we're gonna add um, as we move forward. So, yeah, log in, uh, check it out. It's, it's, um, you know, obviously, it's it's uh, created for hospitals and health systems, since that's uh, in provider organizations, since that's who we work with. Um, but this guy's. Uh, sectioned into what do we have? Four sections, I think, uh, with thirty-six. Or did has it grown from that? I think we have thirty-six topics spread across mm -hmm. four different sections within the audit, right? So, yep. um, those sections are. Let me use the exact words here and click in, so I don't say something that. Uh, so the first, the first section of the audit that you'll step through is uh, a website audit. Um, so we'll look at things like audience prioritization, how well you're doing there, uh, responsive design, navigation. Um, into accessibility and content management, um, and all the way down to website governance. So I think that's the probably the most comprehensive section in the audit. Um, looks like it's how many sections do we have in there? I think it's probably uh, fourteen more than a or dozen. so. Yeah, 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 that sounds about right. Um, after that, we'll get into a social media audit where we'll step through sections like um, your ratio of non-promotional to promotional messages, your use of analytics. 
um, you know, how findable, shareable your content is, leveraging platforms appropriately. Um, after that, we get into what we call value-added content. Um, so we'll look at your content delivery platforms, uh, CRM, um, advertising connectivity with uh, your messages online. Uh, and after that, promotion and visibility, where we'll, um, we'll review things such as SEO, SEM, uh, both strategy and execution, um, separate in the, for both of those. Um, how well you're doing lo- managing your location information, uh, looking at internet advertising, PR, uh, and some other stuff in that section. Um, so those are the current sections. That's the content that it's, uh, as it's segmented. When you are reviewing your own work, so this is kind of a self or it is a self-assessment, um, you'll be ranking yourself on, on the uh, uh, familiar scale of one to five, uh, one being unsatisfactory, five being excellent in each of these areas. And uh, we've got some benchmarks there to help you kind of figure, if you're unsure of where you might fall on that spectrum, uh, you know, it's, it's open to you to make your own interpretation, uh, but we also have benchmarks set uh, so that you can see what we define as leading average and lagging uh, in those areas to kind of help you determine where you might fall on the, uh, on the scale, on that one to five scale. Uh, so yeah, the, I mean, the process is designed or the auto is designed to just allow you to, uh, you know, keep, keep kind of stepping through the process sequentially, though you can also have the option to um, jump into specific sections. If there's stuff that, uh, you know, you're not forced to do any section, you can pick and choose, uh, rank yourself as you will amongst the, thing, the uh, topics that are most important to you. Uh, but we definitely encourage you to step through the process and, and try to fill out the whole thing if you can. Um, one of the features we'd like to add, and I don't want to put the cart before the horse here if you want to talk a little bit more about the audit itself, Chris, but one of the features we'd like to add to this, and we plan to, is the ability for you to actually um, compare yourself to uh, not only our database of audits um, over the, over mm-hmm. the years, um, but also to uh, our user database uh, you know, for users who will... Uh, choose eventually to make their to kind of share their data anonymously. Um, so we'll talk a little bit more about that moving forward once we kind of flesh out how exactly we, we want that to work. Um, but just know that uh, moving forward, if you start using this tool or this resource, um, you will be able to uh, benchmark yourself or compare yourself to uh, our database of audits and to users who who choose to be a part of the of the data pool. Um, so we're we're excited to get that built in um, amongst many other features that we've got. Uh, kind of a long bucket list of stuff we'd like to add. So, yeah, that's that's I can't wait for that. But that's going to take some time because we need people to actually more people to come in and use it, so we have a nice N um, mm-hmm. to base it on. I think what's great about this is you mentioned Adam. We've been doing this for you know a number of years, and the content that's in here I think is is fantastic. So for each of these 30, whatever, somebody should just count it now so we, we know the number, 33 <laughs> or 35 areas uh, among the four main sections. Uh, with each of those, we give a description of uh, you know, why this is important. So for example, one of the areas that you will, you will assess yourself on is uh, in the website section is audience prioritization. And we give a little synopsis of why that's important. And then we provide for all of them three benchmarks you know if you're if you're a leader in the industry here's what that looks like in terms of audience prioritization for your website if you're average here's what that looks like if you're lagging here's what that looks like so you can quickly kind of assess uh, using those benchmarks well here's where we fit Uh, and the beauty of this again is that there's so much to cover in digital marketing there's so many different aspects and people usually kind of 
uh, freeze like deer in the headlights when they try to stop and think about all the things they could do. Well, mm-hmm. hopefully, you know, this audit will help you prioritize where you really need help because in the end, you get a report that shows you, you know, red, red, yellow, or green. Green means you're you're good or excellent, so a four or five. Uh, yellow means you're satisfactory, and red is a one or a two. So you can immediately look for those those red flagged. Uh, areas and say, but maybe we should focus here. Or you may find out that your website is really, really kind of leaning toward a lot of red um, results uh, across the different things you can assess. And that may make you stop and think maybe it's time for us to rethink our website. So uh, we just thought, you know, there's so much good stuff in here and we just hate to have it buried uh, where you have to, you know, again, retain us for this. This isn't why people hire Interval. They hire us to help them figure out what to do about all of this. Uh, right. So it just it just seemed like such good information. We didn't want to kind of keep it under wraps. So, so there it is. There it is. There it oh, is. There it is. Oh, I was going to say, did we lose Jack? All of a sudden, we've, we've got, uh, nope. when we're podcasting remotely, we've got... Uh, uh, video conferencing going so we can see each other, but suddenly uh, Jackie is gone. I can't see her. Yeah, she's I'm, she's having I'm being internets. creepy. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it said it was it said it was a little slow, so to drop my webcam. So oh, okay. I'm creeping out. Are over you here. still using dial up at Jackie? Yeah, I really need <laughs> should switch over. <laughs> I think that's the problem. <laughs> <laughs> it's Friday connection speeds. So check it out. Go to the audit. Use it. Uh, you know, there's a there's a number of ways you can use it. Do it for your own organization. Have other people with you know on your team do it independently. Then compare your results to see you know where you might be thinking differently about things. We would love to hear from people uh, if they have other areas they would like us to cover. Uh, we're also open to feedback or slash pushback on how we've benchmarked things. Uh, you may vehemently disagree with how, what we might say is lagging in one area or leading in another. Let us know that. Uh, we're very open to that, and you know we're going to be constantly reviewing this and updating it as we have with the audit as we've used it in the past. Uh, so it's not going to remain static because, again, this changes. And you know, three or four years ago, responsive wasn't even in the mix, and now it's the dominant uh, form of making sure your, your website's mobile optimized. Uh, the mm-hmm. dominant approach, I should say. So these things change. So we're going to keep this up to date. We can do it because it's digital. Makes sense for a digital marking on it to be digital, not printed. So we encourage you to get in there, give it a shot, and then let us know how it goes. So we did have to make some last-minute tweaks so that uh, you could print it out and uh, still have the colors come through appropriately. So... So just know that you can print it at this point if you want to. <laughs> you once you have some results. <laughs> well, I mean, you want you want to be able to share it with people and show them, right? Right. Yeah. Yep. And we've got plans for additional sharing options. Uh, like I said, there's a lot of features that we're going to be building into this thing over time, but we wanted to get uh, the content up now so that people can start to benefit from that at least right. um, before we build in some of the additional enhancements. So check it out. Check it out. All right, let's go to the mm-hmm. next one. Uh, great article from i have no idea what this place is m what's m <laughs> uh medium okay medium.com so i'm not sure if you haven't if you're unfamiliar with medium.com it's um you know i guess you, you could kind of call it a, a blogging platform though not really 
Um, the intent of it is to be, I guess you could call it long form writing. It's a place where you're supposed to go to experience, um, stories, I guess is the best way to, to put it. I'm looking, they have an about page. I mean, I've read a number of articles on here. I, before I even really knew what it was, um, trying to see if they have a description of their service, but it's, I'm not, uh, well, that's medium.com. So if you want to find a description, check it out. Uh, anyway, uh, so there's an article up there from so there's some people I follow from um, from Mule, which is an agency. Uh, where are they based? I think they might be in Philly. I could be wrong, but I th- eh, maybe not. There's, I think maybe they used to be there or something. But um, one of the uh, people, Erica Hall from there, had written a group about uh, a, a story on Medium about focus groups, and I, just, I found it interesting because she definitely shares our stance Mm -hmm. on focus groups and other forms of uh, uh, gathering information from people or or studies um, that kind of use focus group type approaches. Like, you know, surveys could be, it would be another one that are, are, are difficult to, to use effectively, though a lot of people tend to just fall, fall back to them. Um, The the title's great. It says it all. Yeah. So the, the title group focus groups are worthless. (laughs) <laughs> now I'll tell you how I really. Now I'll tell you how I really feel. Um, but she she just goes in to describe you know why she thinks they're they're worthless, and it really falls back onto uh, or comes back to you know what we've talked about many times on this podcast in that you, you're not going to get you're you're not going to get the type of feed you're truly not going to get the type of feedback that you need to get to make the decisions that you should be making as a result of a focus group, if that makes sense. So let me, I'm going to summarize uh, what I think. There's, there's a section under the header in this article. You might as well hold a tea party that kind of, that, that, that summarizes it nicely. So a focus group is an artificial construct that is so much about the, that is so much about the group dynamic. No one buys shoes, cooks dinner, votes, banks, or even buys movie tickets sitting at a table under fluorescent lights while engaged in a moderate, in a moderated group discussion. <laughs> I am I'm certain a lot of productive work takes place sitting around tables at Starbucks with homogenous groups of random strangers, but none of them are interacting with each other. Unless you're designing something for use in a focus group, focus groups are absolutely meaningless as an ethnographic research tool. If you're doing market research and want to keep doing focus groups because that's your jam, well, as your bre- or what's this? jam as well as your bread and butter, don't let me stop you, although I invite you to stop yourself. But if you're doing research to inform the design of a product or service, run far away from that two-way mirror. Uh, so I'll add the last paragraph here from that, Sean. User research should be ethnography. That is something that tells you how people actually behave in a particular context and why. Sometimes there's a relationship between expressed opinions and actual behaviors. I like swimming. I go swimming. I buy swim gear online. Often, there is not. Many of what I might tell myself are my favorite activities are things I don't actually do. Uh, I don't even think I've been hiking in a year. Right. There you mm-hmm. go. There you go. So, yeah. So it's a, it's a <laughs> good article. It's not a, for, for a medium article, it's actually not a super long read. A lot of stuff you would find on, on, on this site and other sites are pretty long, but this one is fairly short and concise. It's an easy read. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it, uh, you know, it, it uh, jives with our, our take on, on things like focus groups and, and, and many surveys and other what we would consider probably ineffective forms of user testing or mm-hmm. gathering user feedback. Yeah, I, um, she, I got a couple of things to add here. She, she, she makes a good point about, 
you know, it, she calls it a sickness. She, she's the guy that invented focus groups. She said, I wish you were still alive to study and report back on why otherwise intelligent people continue to run focus groups and base product decisions on them. It's a sickness, though probably a lucrative one. Strangely, despite their retro form and intent, focus groups seem to be baked quite deeply into our business culture that keeps going on about innovation. Even the author of a piece assertively titled Why Focus Groups Kill Innovation couldn't help including a little hedge, quote, focus groups aren't useless. They can be insightful for fine-tuning <laughs> something for the short term. And she says, no, 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 don't pull back. Drive in the <laughs> like stake that. until the vampire bursts. I had a... um conversation with somebody who will remain nameless and we were talking about website design and she was going on and on about all of the research they did before redesigning their website um it included interviewing hundreds of people within the health system to ask them what they thought people were would be going to do on the hospital's website <laughs> I would love to Which, see what the results it of that. generated yeah. a list of like 400 things. And then they did, you know, user testing where they asked people, you know, they did surveys on their website of how, what are you doing on the website? And why would you want to use our website and all this stuff? And they spent gobs of money and all this. And I was just pulling my hair out going, why do you need to do all that? And of course we know why they need to do it because they have to validate it, it seems validating to non-marketing people when you do all this right. data. And they spent tens of thousands of dollars and took months to do all this. And I'm, I'm like, sure. look what you ended up with. They ended up with like prioritizing, find a physician, pay your bill. I mean, it's like, <laughs> are you serious? You know, you went through all of this to do that. And, and so I understand why they had to do it, but it's just ridiculous that, businesses feel like they need to do that we should know what people come to a web a hospital website for by now there mm-hmm. is no reason none to run custom research like that and so that's the frustrating part is that people feel like they need to run focus groups to validate what they're doing because other people value <laughs> them when really at at best all they do is reinforce what you already know and at worst they're going to they're going to lead you down the wrong path because people mm-hmm. will say one thing and do something completely different, like the comment of, I haven't hiked in over a year, but that's my hobby. I'm going to tell you my hobby is hiking, <laughs> even though I haven't hiked in like three years. And you're going to go, wow, we should develop this product for hikers. So right. it's, yeah. it's, it's just insanity. It's literally best practice insanity. And it's very frustrating when you're on the other side and you see that insanity, but you can't break it because it's so baked in. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> yeah. And that's not to say that user research is is bad. There are good ways right. to research. I mean, like usability testing to see how people are are interacting with your site. You know, you can do you can look at eye, eye patterns to see where people are looking. You know, heat maps that kind of thing. Um, there's a lot of you know, a a b testing to see you know to testing out one method versus the other for getting something done or for getting people to a you know a particular way uh, uh, spot or different calls to action. Yes, you know, there's a lot of great ways that you can do testing um, and user research, but you got to do it the right way. And those and, are, those are all based on behavior. That's the difference, right? You're, you're, you're doing research based on what people are doing and hopefully actual doing, behavior. Yeah. You're hopefully doing, you're, you're basing it on, on behavior in a real life mm-hmm. scenario, not a studio setting or not a, a, you know, a testing setting, something that, you know, 
is that's why ethnography is so huge. Why Procter and Gamble has practiced that for like a decade. You know, they don't do focus groups about what kind of soap do you want. They go live in somebody's house for a month and they watch. They watch these people in their real environment, how families operate, how they use soap, how they buy soap, and that gives them ideas for how to better meet the needs of the consumer. They don't ask the consumer. That's the difference. Uh, So it's just, it's always good when these pop up so we can, you know, reinforce that message. And like you said, Adam, we're on episode 244. My guess is we've probably hit that string on the guitar about 20 times. Uh, in that 244, but we're going to keep doing it as long as focus groups are so misused and overused. And yeah, yeah. that's fair. And there's a good, there's a good old Steve Jobs quote in this article as well. Uh, it's really hard to design products by focus groups. A lot of times, people don't know what they want until you show it to them. He, so he's I got that's even a a weaker quote than has been used oh. before by him, where he just says we don't well, we don't ever use focus groups. Because the consumer doesn't want know what they want. So that was almost like a softer version of it. Yeah. I mean, especially, I mean, the tricky thing about focus, I mean, focus groups and this type of research too, and this, this quote embodies it is that, you know, you're asking people for opinions based on what they've, what they know and what they've done. If you're trying to create something new, <laughs> right. You know, how the hell are you going to create something new if, if everything is based on only what we know? Yeah. So, mm-hmm. I mean, that, that's, that's one thing that I love about that quote. It's like, you got to show people what they want, yeah. what's yeah. going to help them. All right. Well, that wasn't the rant we were going to get to, but that was a pretty healthy rant. So we'll, we'll leave it at that. <laughs> we'll save the, we'll save the other rant because it, it's a good one. I've got it. I've got a magazine all marked up and ready to go. So we gonna- I should clarify. Noted. Uh, Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I should clarify too that Mule is actually from uh, uh, San Francisco, not Philly. I'm not sure why I thought Philly. Oh, okay. I'm not either. All right. Thank you for clearing that up. <laughs> well, I give good credit where credit is due. They did the article. So. Fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> All right. Let's sign off for now. This is uh, Chris Bevelo for the Arrogant Healthcare Marketing Bastards podcast. Jackie Olson and Adam Meyer. I, I threw you guys, didn't I? I reversed. Yeah, you did. I reversed what I said just to mix it up a little bit. I, <laughs> I ran. Cut a, you off. I ran a focus group over the weekend, and they said that I should reverse how I flip end the podcast. <laughs> flip flopper. Yep. You ruined it. All right, we'll see everybody next time. Bye.